good day. We're going to take a look today in the book of Hebrews, the 6th chapter, 13th through the 19th verse. Uh, we're going to take a look around a promise that God has made to Abraham. And I just want to show us that when God makes a promise to us, that he is going to keep it. Because when God makes the promise, he swears by no one greater but then by himself, or he takes an oath by no one greater than himself, so he's not going to go back on what he has promised you and I. And one of the things that we have for assurance is salvation. Uh, we have eternal life. That is a guarantee. There's nothing that's going to take that away from us because God has promised it, and not only has he promised it, he made a way for us to obtain it, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. So when we have promises from God, we can rest assured that he will come through with his promises. Uh, a little bit of background on uh, this promise that he made to Abraham. His name was Abram at the time in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. He made a promise to Abram. He, he told him to get up and go, uh, leave his country, and that he would make him a father of uh, many nations and he would make his name great and he was going to do that through his heirs. Now mind you uh, Abram at the time had not yet had any uh, children so when God made the promise Abram did not have the child that he needed to fulfill the promise but God was going to do it. So later on uh, God changes his name from Abram to Abraham and the name means a uh, father of many nations. So he, he changes his name to Abraham. Uh, and that is in Genesis chapter 21, verse 5. But one of the things about God making this promise to Abraham at the time, uh, it was 25 years later that the promise was going to be fulfilled. Now remember, Abram, Abram was 75 when he left his country. 25 years later, he's going to have his son Isaac. But in the meantime, uh, between the promise being fulfilled, uh, Abram, or Abraham uh, had uh, took the suggestions of his wife, which was Sarah, to go into her handmaiden, handmaiden and have, uh, have a seed because she, it seemed like God's promise wasn't going to be fulfilled. Our thing is that if we receive a promise from God, we have to patiently wait for it and not go out and do something to try to uh, fulfill the promise that God has already promised us. Now, I'm not just saying we just sit around. No, what we do is we prepare for the promise each and every day. And how do we prepare for the promise? We praise Him. We worship Him. We thank Him for what He has promised. Even though we don't have it in our hands, Yet we do have it in our hands, but we haven't seen it manifest yet. So in the in the interim, we should just be praising God and not trying to help God out in the promise that he has made towards us. So uh, it created a problem within the uh, family of Abraham when uh, Sarah had Abraham to go into uh, Hagar, his uh, her handmaiden, and they received a son by the name of Ishmael, and that's why we still have the problem over in the uh, in the Gaza Strip and places like that where you have uh, Ishmael and the uh, and Isaac's descendants still fighting over 
who controls the land when the promise was actually made to Isaac and not Ishmael. Now Ishmael was did receive some land because of him being a seed of Abraham, but the land that he received was not the promise that God had promised to Abraham concerning his son being the father of many nations. So it causes a problem. So we can cause a problem in our daily lives or when we have a promise and we try to fulfill them with things that God has not told us to fulfill them with. Okay, so here in the book of Hebrews, uh, in the sixth chapter, it talks about God's infallible purpose, all right, or his infallible promise that he makes towards us. Uh, It says this in verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Now what the passage is telling us is that God takes an uh, oath or makes a promise and there's nobody greater than God so he swears by himself in other words God is saying I am going to fulfill this promise on the merit of who I am Uh, God fulfills the promise he's going to fulfill the promise because there's nobody greater than God So God fulfills the promise within himself or swears by himself because there is no one greater. You know, when you go to court for any matter, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're in trouble, but you can go to court as a witness. You notice that they always bring out a Bible and ask you to place your hand on the Bible and do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, God. That's that's kind of funny to me when when they do that. Here we're invoking God to be a witness or for for us to stand and affirm what we're going to do under God. But yet we have this system that does not uh, really believe in God. So they want to use God when it's convenient for the system, but they don't want us to believe God. So that's the reason it's funny to me. Um, So we see here that God swears by himself. So he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And multiply you, I'm going to multiply you. So, like I said, when, when, when the promise was made, there was no children. Abraham had no children, or Abram at the time, before his name was changed to Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me, and the name Abraham means father of many nations, so... He had no children at the time, but yet he changes his name to Abraham, where he does not even have children yet, but he makes a promise that he is going to bless him and make him a father of many nations. Can you, and you can almost see how it almost seems like, oh, that's impossible. I don't have any kids. Here I am getting up in years and I don't have children, yet he promises me that he's going to do it. Abraham is standing on the promise, but his wife Sarah gets weary at the promise because she feels that she's getting up in age and she's at the stage of barrenness that she will not be able to produce a child. She makes a, a she makes a declaration or she makes a, a, a gives a suggestion to Abraham 
to go into Hagar, her handmaid, and they have a child by the name of Isaac, as I said earlier, and thus it brings about a problem. So they're trying to fix or they're trying to fulfill the promise that God has made. God has never asked us to fulfill anything that he has promised. If God promises it, it's all on God to do it. All we have to do is keep walking towards it. I always say walking towards it. You have you have been promised something, but yet you got to keep on living, keep on moving towards it. And how do you do that? Through praise and worship, through prayer and supplication. You just continue to walk towards what God is going to, <coughs> excuse me, what God is going to do. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So he patiently endured 25 years. He patiently endured and then he obtained the promise. Uh, and when it talks about patiently endured here, this, you know, it, it, it gives what the thought of Abraham was. He, he waited and then the promise came through. So it was some 25 years later. As mind you, Ishmael was born before Isaac, but Isaac uh, still was the promised child through his wife Sarah. For he indeed swear, for he for for man for men, I'm sorry, for men indeed swear by the greater. An oath of confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. When you have an oath, and and uh, the term oath is a solemn promise often invoking a divine witness regarding one's future actions or behavior so when you make an oath you're saying you're going to stand on this you're going to this is this is your word and you're not going to go back on it because you've made an oath and it end all it ends all disputing there's nothing that nothing else that needs to be done because this is a contract you have signed it, and this is what you're going to do. That's what, what what an oath is, and it says it ends all disputing. Thus, verse 17 says, Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. Right, the immutability of his counsel. God, God wants to show to his heirs. So how does that fit us here? Because you hear a lot of people when they talk about scripture and you talk about the Bible, they say, well, that's a promise to the children of Israel, but we have been grafted in because of Jesus Christ, and we are a part of the promise, uh, and to and to see the, uh, to give you some evidence, and there's, there's, there's other scriptures that, that you can look at, but I just want us to take, you know, to, to, when you get a chance to read Romans chapter 8, verse 17. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 17, which puts us into the position to be heirs. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 4, gives us that hope as well. And Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, gives us that the, the hope of eternal life, which is given to the heirs of promise. All right, the heirs of promise uh, more abundantly. And, and I like the word the word immutability uh, the, the when you look at the word immutable or immutability it says it means an unchanging unchanging through time un, unalterable it's it's unable to be changed when 
God wants the immutability or the immutable word or the immutability of God. God is not going to change on what he has promised and what he is going to do. It says uh, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Like I said, an oath. He, he invokes this on a divine witness and the divine witness that he invokes his oath on is himself. So God is not going to go back on himself or, or not fulfill what he said that he was going to do. Uh, confirmed. Uh, let's see, verse, the rest of the verse says, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. I want you to underline that. It is impossible for God to lie. God is not a liar. God is not lying about what he's going to do. God is going to fulfill what he's going to do. Even though people in the natural will tell you what they're going to do and do something totally different, and that is a form of lying. They, they lied about it. They, they're not going to do it. So why did you promise me? Or why did you say that this is what you were going to do and then you did not do it? So it is a so it, it becomes a lie, but not with God. See, the scripture says it is impossible for God to lie. So it uh, says we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So now we can rest in God's promise. We can go to God's promise and just relax and rest in his promise. So when God promises something, he is going to fulfill it. Uh, it says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And when it talks about a forerunner, it talks about like when ships are out in the harbor and they can't go into port yet. So what they do is they put their anchor on a smaller boat, send it into the harbor, and let them drop the anchor in there for its assurance it is an assurance that that larger ship will come into harbor when, when, when the time is right for it to come into harbor because their anchor is already there. So they pull towards their anchor. So we pull towards our anchor, which is Jesus Christ. He has already taken us behind the veil. He has already taken us to the place of safety and security when it comes to salvation. He's already taken us to the place, place of promise when it comes to the things that God has promised us in our lives and for our lives. It's already assuring. It's already going to happen. You have to believe it. You have to stand on it. You have to stand on God's word. You have to believe that he is going to do it. It said, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have faith and trust in what God is going to do and we're going to stand on that because of him swearing by two immutable things. First of all, he confirmed it by his word. Second of all, he confirmed it by his oath. He cannot go back on it. He will not go back on it. He is going to fulfill what he says. And when he talks about uh, the, the Christ being in the order of the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a person that came onto the scene. He had no parents. It doesn't show any parents. 
so in that order it's like Christ was born after the order or his priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek and when it talks about the order of Melchizedek it talks Melchizedek it talks about an order that is never ending so Christ is always always going to be our high priest so we can go to him trust him believe him at what he says so if you have a word to you or if someone says that God has promised to do something for you or or you're reading the scripture and you receive an unction or a promise from God you can rest assured on his promise and you can trust him at his word when God says it that settles it and when God when it comes to pass you can say it was nobody but God so I want you to trust God today at his word I want you to trust God today at his promises knowing that his promises have been sealed and have been kept and are under his guidance under his system under his belief under his word under his oath under his immutability all those things that he has promised god will not go back on his promise i hope that gives you hope in this day and time in which we live in i hope that gives you something to look forward to knowing that god's promises will come to pass everything that he's promised you will happen trust him today believe it today when you get up today just trust and believe that God is going to do it walk out as though you already have it live as though you already have it get up this morning and say I thank you Lord for the manifestation of what you have promised me I thank you Lord for what you're doing and what you're going to do I praise you for it even now we have to get into the into the habit of praising God in advance not with what we see for we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see because what we see could be very disturbing. But faith takes me beyond that. So I trust God today. And I trust God that even with my salvation, I know that my salvation is secure in Jesus Christ because he has made a promise to me that if I come to him and I accept him as Lord and Savior, that he will keep me through it all. God bless you. Have a great day. Share this with others. Let them know about the the podcast. And I'll see you on the next one. Have a blessed day.